Last one before the weekend, and that is it. Live streaming, streaming live, Delta reading, modified Murph, bought some newspapers, lockdowns affecting many. And yes, uh, the more I read for this Delta, the more I'm seeing in my own failures in studying Mandarin Chinese. Boom. Folks, Friday, October 14th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. This here is my uh, daily audio yik yak in which I talk about some of the things that are going on here in Beijing and some of the things that uh, keep me busy while um, not being locked down. It's kind of interesting because I know uh, in a few years' time, hopefully, maybe, don't know, when I look back at some of these episodes, especially if I've managed to keep on top of um, documenting them, posting them on my, my website, not just... Spotify and Apple and those places, but um, also my own website because that way I'll keep the uh, MP3 files and everything uh, well organized. What I, I know there are going to be criticisms about things that I've either said or some of the things that I didn't say in regard to whatever was happening at that time. The one thing I can say in my defense, is that if I was in another part of the world, be it Canada, the the United States maybe, but part of Europe, part of Africa, Australia, not too sure. But there are topics that in that society, in that community, that would sort of be seen as things that you don't talk about, things that you shouldn't talk about, and things that if you did talk about them, you should expect some sort of reaction. And that's what I sort of approach this daily audio blog with that in mind sort of thing, the big podcast as well, uh, which I'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, so if you're wondering at all why I don't delve into any sort of like, well, what about this? Uh, Why aren't you doing... Why am I not being more of an investigative reporter? I saw an interesting tweet on Twitter the other day that uh, some guy was ragging on ESL teachers going, listen, if you're an ESL teacher, you don't know anything about China. You don't know anything about wherever you're living. You, you're just an English teacher. The problem, and this the, this one guy I follow responded, is like, you mean like you're... you're party parroting like that that's you're just parroting whatever you're not parodying but parroting repeating whatever it is you've been told to say i mean anyone who claims to know anything special or unique about china uh i think is kind of full of shit to tell you the truth uh because if they do they wouldn't say it and if they did say it then it's either not true or you don't want to be around them for very much longer. <laughs> like It's almost like that sort of um, deduction. Uh, that, that being the case, there are people who look at some numbers, and I, I, I sort of think of the uh, the financial people who do this sort of thing. And this is what, what I sort of admire about the financial um, industry as a whole, especially the good people, like the, the, good, like the good traders, the good investors, the... Um, good money managers, the, the good stock market watchers and analysts, the people who look at the hard numbers and go, okay, if this, then that. 
Like, if there's a if China shuts down, its economy shut down. If OPEC is cutting, if Russia isn't uh, selling its oil, uh, and the United States can't sell its oil, or the U.S. has so much oil on its own, what does that mean for Canadian oil? Like that sort of deduction. I mean, I, I, I bring this up because it is an argument that's being made right now in favor of support of buying Canadian energy stocks, but that's just one of them, right? So there's any number. Uh, the idea being that if you take a look at the numbers, the the, the inventory, the supply, the demand, uh, not projected so much, but like the real numbers that are happening right now and what has happened before in the past. Not that pa- the past is always a predictor of future gains. I mean, this is a very common saying uh, and a disclaimer in the financial markets and financial world. The idea being that you have to take a look at what's happened before, typically at this time of year, because there are certain contracts that come due, right? One interesting tidbit that I just learned today, after all my years of following the markets, this is sort of the bad thing about being an outsider, and it kind of makes me want to either take a a more specialist course, although I'm not sure if anybody offers this stuff. This This is like street knowledge. That it's either street knowledge that you're in the bar, you're talking to someone about it, or you're in the game and you have to do it, and that's why you know these things happens. That these things happen. And I'm speaking about the fiscal end of year for mutual funds is October 31st. So there's this very famous trade that happens in the stock market. It's called the uh, well, not just the dogs at the Dow, where you buy the beaten up stocks in the Dow Jones indices, but it's uh, uh, tax loss selling. And it might be, this typically happens, it's most noticeable in December. But December is typically the retail investor dumping their stocks. Why does the market go down in October, which is a typically, uh, historically, seasonally terrible month? for the markets, it's because the mutual funds have an end of year, end of fiscal year, October 31st. And why, why, why does that matter? Because the tax law, both in Canada, United States, I think this is even in the UK, any major developed um, in, uh, trading market will have a 30-day wash sale. And what that means is that if you sell a stock on October 1st and you buy it again on October 15th. If you have lost money on that trade, so you held it up until October 1st, you're losing money, you're going, oh, that's it, I'm done, sell the thing. But then October 15th, you see it's going up again, you buy it again within, so it's 15 days later after you sold it, you cannot claim those losses from the initial purchase against any future gains. Think about how that works. Okay, that's that's your wash sale. Basically, if you if you're losing money, and th- th- this doesn't really apply to w- making money. If you're getting a profit, they don't care. They're going to tax you anyway. Uh, but if you're losing money on a stock and you sell it, let's go day one. You can you if you're being tax uh, uh, taxually if you're being financially tax safe tax wise 
you cannot purchase that stock until day 31 because then you can claim usually it's 50% losses on that loss of uh, the initial investment. So day one, you sell it, you wait 30 days and you buy it back. You look at the, the, the dip in the market. Well, uh, what, stock market going down in September, also a very bad month. Isn't there a federal fiscal end of year there somewhere too in uh, for the United States? Pretty sure there is. Um, same with, um, so it's August, September, October. And how does that work? So if they uh, drop into uh, October and then they bounce into November a little bit, drop again, I mean, that's when the retail investor starts uh, doing their uh, retail markets as well, their, their, uh, their tax loss selling. So that's what, that's what kind of can happen uh, at this time of year with um, the markets when they're going down or up and seems like uh, every, every day is bad news and everything, but uh, really it's just sort of a seasonal um, reshuffling of things that's going on in the markets. All right, enough about the financial stuff. Um, today, got some stuff done. I, I don't know where my... T- I know doing two workouts a day is still sort of costing me quite a bit of time. And uh, the idea of... Uh, I, I thought about not doing this uh, I, going forward, but I'm not going to lie. Like, between 3 and 5.30 seems to be a lull in the day anyway. And I'm not sure exactly. I realized before, like before, I used to do this where I would, there's just an afternoon lull. You work from like 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock until 2, uh, 2.30. And you're like, okay, I got to get up and I got to go do something else. So that's why I, I started this this whole two-day workout thing. Not just to, to lose weight, to uh, uh, build more muscle or whatever and everything. Uh, it was, a lot of it was to sort of, fill that void or uh, fill that time of um, that, that that lull, that, that daily lull that would happen. Uh, so I chose to uh, do that with uh, working out instead of, um, I don't know, wandering over to the pub instead, which was always sort of, an, uh, you know, kind of a temptation a lot of times uh, back in the day. Uh, now, it's not so much. Now, that being the case, so uh, today uh, with the, the Murph, um, I didn't do the Murph, the typical Murph. So I've mentioned before the last couple of weeks, my back has been killing me. I threw up my back something or whatever it is. And what happened, I, I'm guessing what's happened is that uh, the uh, the tree that I typically use to do my pull-ups has thrown out my back because it's uneven. And I'm not sure, it might be, it might not be. I, I don't care, but today I was like, I have two weeks of evidence here that this tree has caused me, or doing pull-ups on this this tree has caused me back issues for the uh, ensuing days. What if? How can I modify this? So I'm not sure if this is the best way to do it because I'll tell you, doing pull-ups last in your workout, as I found out today, is very difficult. So I went for my two-mile warm-up. It took me 20 minutes or so. Then I did the first mile. Then I did the 100 push-ups. I actually did 110 push-ups because I'm like, as a penalty for not doing pull-ups first, you're going to do 110 push-ups. Then I did 160 or 170 air squats, ran one more mile, 
and then came up to my apartment where I have a pull-up bar, and I did 55 pull-ups after that, and it took me about six or seven minutes as well. So I, I did the whole workout. It was just in a different order because I didn't want to use the tree outside that I normally use for um, uh, my pull-ups. This got me thinking, you know, of all the all the great ideas I have, like the one invention I'd like to sort of see that I've been thinking, like how could I even ask someone to draw up a design for this? A portable, sturdy, safe pull-up bar. You know the ones that fit in your hallway? I mean, that's what I have right now. They're not entirely safe. I mean, they are because you can crank them and put that tension there enough. It's leaving marks on my wall. Okay, whatever. Um, there's a lot of other marks on my wall that predate me. Um, but the idea of having a portable pull-up bar that you could fit in a backpack, that kind of like, you know, futuristically you press a button, it goes and snaps into place sort of thing. Wouldn't that be so cool? Kind of like those umbrellas that snap out, like you, you press the button at uh, expands automatically once you're outdoors or something like that, or like once you press the button, like that, but for a pull-up bar. What material would you use? Who would you get to design these things, and would it work? Like if I had one of those things, that'd be awesome. I, I, I don't know. That's, that's I, I think of this every time, and I keep on forgetting to go research on how to get someone to actually design a material or design a uh, uh, you know some sort of material outlay for it, like a some an actual design for it to see if it actually work. Ah, anyway, altogether, what was it? Um, I didn't really. The last mile took me eight minutes and fifteen seconds, and it hurt because today was uh, um, there's some pollution up in the air, some smog, and so breathing that in while trying to run pretty quickly at the same time that one uh, kind of um, well hurt the lungs a little bit. Not gonna lie. All that being said, I think it took me about 40 minutes to do the whole thing, 45 minutes around there. So again, that's still only the half Murph, like uh, 55 pull-ups, 110 push-ups, uh, 170 squats. That's not the full thing. I mean, the full thing would be 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 squats, plus the one mile before and after sort of thing. Uh, not sure entirely if I'm ever going to get there, uh, getting into winter season, uh, I do have to sort of, you know, debate whether or not I want to keep on doing this workout every Friday. Um, today was a bit slow going, and I've noticed that every day that I don't work, the uh, the get-up time is a little bit later each and every day. Um, but I did see one video that came across my YouTube feed that said that the, uh, the CrossFit Open starts February 16th. And I'm thinking, like, you know, here I am getting tired of doing this workout. And meanwhile, these athletes have probably just started their workout regimen in preparation for five months from now when it's going to be February and they're going to be kicking off uh, their uh, uh, competitions. So uh, not that I have any desire to compete. Again, I, you know, sometimes I feel a burst of energy when I'm, when I'm trying to overlap someone outside, but it's few and far between. It doesn't happen very much. Very few people, um, I mean, yeah, it feels okay. It feels good to, to lap somebody, but I know there are other people that can lap me, and I'm not racing against anybody. I'm racing against my own time, and the only time that I really try to push myself is actually that last mile on this Murf. If I try to get an eight-minute mile, I think that'd be kind of cool. That'd be, cool. that'd be the one mile that I'm trying to really drop the uh, the, the timing for. 
Lockdowns. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I actually w- I have not been paying attention to these lockdowns because uh, uh, I live in a bubble. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I, I hardly live my leave my compound. I did twice today. Once to go get some newspapers, and once to go get netted, and then some beers because I'm like, ah, what are you gonna do? Um, now apparently there are lockdowns across the country. Uh, Nemongu, Inner Mongolia, being locked down. Parts of it. People can't leave their compounds. Um, Kwaidi, like the delivery guys can't move around. I'm hearing frustration now. Like this is, and th- this is bizarre because it's coming from people that I kind of thought would never sort of express fr- frustration, like go against the grain or anything. Which means that if these people are expressing frustration, then that means the official line has become frustration. Right, you kind of see what I'm saying here is that there aren't too many people who will sort of voice their own feelings about something here, and this, I think, this is pretty common to say, uh, pretty, I think, common occurrence. Um, so what all of a sudden has spurred this? I don't know. I'm getting, I guess, the election coming up is part of it. So maybe what you're seeing is sort of a typical election nerves sort of uh, rattling, sort of saber rattling and nerves coming out and anxiety and stuff like that. Uh, who knows how, like on, what, today's the 14th, 15th is Saturday, 16th is Sunday, so they start the, why do they start the Congress on on Sunday? I don't know, but the, the 20th um, CPC Congress starts on October 16th, and already you're seeing you know, all this uh, rah-rah, shish-boom-ba, propaganda stuff go, go on in the media, especially coming out from China. Uh, but there's a little bit of pushback here that people seem to be frustrated with all the lockdowns. Now, Beijing hasn't been affected. Shanghai has been affected a little bit as well, which is bizarre because if Shanghai is getting affected, why isn't Beijing? Does Shanghai still have direct flights? I don't know. I don't think so. I think everything has to go through Hong Kong or Xiamen. I think one of those two, that's it. Other than that, I mean, I'm seeing around the world, um, one colleague just went back to the U.S. He's like, yeah, no masks, nothing. It's open. Japan is also uh, taking tourists again. I mean, China's the only place I'm like, we're, we're We are, if we're not locked down within our compounds, directly locked down, then we are indirectly locked down because we can't go anywhere out of the fear of being locked down somewhere else that we're not paying for or that we are paying for, but in addition to what we are uh, trying to pay right now, right? <sighs> My fun lie tells you. Terrible. Anyway, we'll see how it goes over the weekend, uh, whether or not it's uh, going to um, get any better or any worse. I'm not entirely sure to tell you the truth. Uh, hopefully it does get better, that this sort of whole thing uh, begins to uh, resolve itself sooner than later. I think everybody would be very happy about that. That being, this, that being the case, I do have things keeping me busy, and one of them is the Delta. So I've been reading about this a lot, and I've been talking about uh, some of the things I should, like, that I want to talk about here. I've been reading a lot, about, this week has, uh, I've been doing a lot of the essential reading, so uh, not just the coursework, but also the recommended books, um, n- notably how languages are learned, uh, how to teach reading, that's a big one. And then how to teach listening. So these are the, the three major books that I've been focusing on for the last uh, little while. Uh, and uh, going through them quite slowly. I, I, 
I'm a, a bit of, I guess I'm a bit of a slow reader, but it's because I'm actually enjoying, like, I, I like learning this stuff because when I'm reading it, I'm going, there's two things going through my mind here. Number one, I'm going, that makes perfect sense. I mean, in my experience, I see where the, uh, the, uh, the failures are. I think I see where the, uh, um, what do you call it? The, the holes are in the system. And I can see where I think I could help a little bit more. And I'm thinking ahead, like module one is all theory stuff like that. Module three is already, you're starting to develop your own coursework and your own syllabus. I'm thinking already moving ahead, planning for that. I wonder, could I see myself publishing a book, a curriculum, something within the next year for the ESL industry? Will it be a physical book? Will it be a website? Will it be a course? Will it be an APP, an app? I don't know. So this gets me. I'm like, I was actually, so this is another reason why I decided to take this Delta course is because it does sort of put you on this route to create this stuff. It makes you able to do these things on your own, to research how to create something that's useful in the classroom, that's useful for your customers, your clients, your students, language learners in general, right? So that's part of it. The other thing is that when I'm reading this stuff, I look at my own own, uh, Chinese studies. They talk a lot about intensive reading, uh, extensive reading. I mentioned before my frustration with learning Chinese that uh, I haven't been able to, um, it's very difficult for me to read very fast. It just takes me forever, right? And one of the things they say in this this reading book is like, yeah, if you if you're not able to get your your reading up to speed, then you're going to be frustrated, you're going to feel discouraged, and you won't read extensively, which helps you develop a better appreciation and fluency and acquaintanceship, uh, you know, a sort of a uh, a familiarity with the language, than if you were to if you don't read, you're not going to have it. If you do read, you will develop it, basically. So the more I, I study this uh, to, to you know be ESL teacher plus, the more I'm learning how to make better and more efficient my own language studies. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. I see now my uh, computer has shut off. My light has shut off. Everything is powered down. I guess I didn't plug it in properly, so... um. Gonna have to re-upload that uh, that live feed. Oops. Show notes and tracks, vids, and everything up on my website, stevensersky.com. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the weekend. Get out for a run if you can. If not, extended walk. And remember to review your flashcards. Vocabulary is very important, especially if you're learning Mandarin Chinese. Ten minutes is better than no minutes. With that, we'll have a... Have a good one. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.